What is good, everybody? Welcome back in to Form Whipping and Ticket Hitting, Episode 7. Got a uh, dual interview for everybody this week. The brother combo of Robert Har and Nathan Har. Fun to sit down with those two, get back and forth with them. And as always, we will attack the Saturday Fauna Park Racing card. So if you're ready, let's grab them forms. Saddle on up. Let's cash them tickets. We grew up wilder than the rest. I don't need a key sunlight and a passion full of friends. Glad to be joined today by, we got brothers here. I got trainer Robert Har and his brother, who's a jockey out here, Nathan Har. How are you, fellas? Doing good. Good. Thanks for asking. I mean, solid start for both of you, really. It's been a little bit slow, actually. I mean, we're two for 20 or something to start to meet, but I know it'll get a lot better than that. We're we're coming from up north, a lot of horses fit, coming from down south. And that's what I meant by that, because you come out of South Dakota, there's some of these guys come out of Oklahoma and stuff, so you're, I wouldn't say a little behind, but just weather-wise you are, so. We'll get better every, every week. I mean, every week's getting better and better now already. I mean, horses starting to hit the board, and it, it's just going to take a little time. It, we kind of go through it every fawn or meet the first three, four weeks. It, it's kind of slow going. You bet. Nate, you're riding right, right along. You've been in the hunt in many of them. Yeah, I've been right there in a lot of them, but, I mean, just the same thing. I'm I mean, a lot of what I ride is for my brother, so we're kind of in the same boat. But when we get going three quarters, too, and a lot of these races, that'll help me out a lot more, too. I think that's more my my type of race there as a rider, anyways. No, I agree. And as a bet, and I struggle so much on them half just because brakes make or break. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you, your step's slow, it's it's a yeah. tough cook and get up there. Yeah, it's quarter horse racing them. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you boys are both out of South Dakota. I mean, come from a horse family. How do we get into the game here? You can take that one, Bob. Our, our, actually, it's kind of funny. Back, I think, in 1994, 1995, our dad started calling the races in Aberdeen. And it, he kind of, it's funny now we can go back and watch his videos from way back then. And he was very green. It was very funny. Now he's become one of, like, everybody when they hear him call a race, they, oh, I love listening to your dad. He gets so excited every race, whether you guys win or not. It's, it's, he's always excited. And, you know, he did that from 94 till, he still does it at the North Dakota Horse Park in Fargo. He still calls the races up there. And he's gone. I mean, he's called in Columbus one year at a CAD. He called the last race of when they actually had a meet in Sioux City. He called races and then, I would say, what would you say, Nate, 04, 05, maybe a little earlier. Bought his first racehorse. Yeah, somewhere right, would have been right around then. You know, and then he, he started training a couple here and there on the side, kind of worked with Dan Coughlin down here in Nebraska. Nate and I both wanted to be these jockeys. Well, we were so green. We didn't know nothing, you know. We'd, we'd get on horses, especially me. I was I was really bad. I did win a race, though, once. I did win one. Not near as many as Nate did or has. Nate had that more natural ability yeah, I mean, that's how we kind of got into it. Now we have, I mean, my uncle, he owns owns that horse, Dave. Our, my mother owns Pierpont, who Nate really likes after last weekend. He's a big uh, fan of that so horse. And then uh, we kind of have horses for, for everybody. We've got a big group of people that have horses now. And our sister and her boyfriend train quarter horses up in North and South Dakota. And they go over to Canterbury and, and places like that, too. So we we weren't necessarily from a horse racing family, but we've kind of become one. I know for sure. That's I'm always curious. It's kind of what I thought. You guys are just kind of, I mean, 
been around it, but not necessarily the full backside your whole life, kind of like Compton's been and right. Stetson's. I mean, he was rodeo, but he's always been around and it. And Compton's are, are a group of South Dakota boys, too. I mean, that's where they come from, too, right around that pier area there. So, you know, and there's a lot of good horsemen that have come from South Dakota. You know, Bill Mott, that's where he's originally from. I mean, there's, there's good people and things from there, but we are a little bit disadvantaged to them because we didn't start in that you know we we've kind of we're trying to pick up the game as we go and and i would honestly say that as hard as it is it's we're getting there you know we are we're getting there no for sure I, i've seen your guys natural progression just here at fauner i mean i'm getting more and more involved as i get older I, i've always been the degenerate gambler you could say but i mean getting involved in ownership being more on this backside it's it's just opened the eyes on i knew what went into it but until you're back here and being a part of it and i mean i own a part of one horse i don't run a full stable and all that good stuff so how, how many horses do you have in the stable this year we we're sitting at 22 21 right now 21 we just added a couple more and you know they come and they go so to say but we start usually we start fauna with a little bit less by middle of the summer last year i think what do we have in fargo nate like 35 or something we were really too, busy up there too many yeah. yeah we had a lot we're getting to mostly client horses now we don't have a lot of anything that's just mine or anything like that or a lot of client horses so so business is building that's for sure that's nice once i mean you show people what you're able to do they get interested they start sending you horses it it just kind of helps everything all around. Not that it's not as make or break when they're not your own horses. It still is, obviously, but it, it just helps everything well, Helps everything out. For sure, for sure. Any favorites in the barn we need to be on the lookout that's getting fresh fit, ready to go? Or Well, it's obviously after last weekend, I think it's no secret anymore, but Moonfield, that's that's a horse that I, I got in partnership with uh, with a client of mine, and I've always liked her. I had another one kind of same type of same type of horse and I actually kind of liked the other one better and Nate, Nate was telling me for six months this one's way better I don't know why you like that other one so much and after you claimed her I said that yeah, yeah. you know and he yeah it's well it's almost 10 months now it's that's yeah. right but last week and I said oh I just hope we win you know and he says don't even worry about it and I still worried about it until we hit the backside last time and then Nate just it was all over I mean him and that horse they they go together go together great and she can win on the lead that's for sure you know, she was a dang, dang impressive winner. Not to give discredit Nate, but you just sat there, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm giving you, I'm giving you heck. No. That, that's the truth of it, though. I, I told my brother after the race, as everyone who comes to the races know, the day before I had about the most embarrassing thing ever happened to me in my life. One ran off before the races. Of course, it's my mom's horse. Didn't make it any better. But I told my brother when I come back, I said, I like it when they run off with me. After we leave the gates, a lot better than before we get there. He did say that. <laughs> you know that. It, it happens. I mean, shoot, we, you did have the crowd cheering. I was up in the clubhouse, and yeah. everybody's cheering her on. So it's just part of the game. That stuff happens. I mean, right. shoot, I spent all morning watching Cheltenham, and they go four miles and jump 20 times, and heck, <laughs> 10 of them go down a race. It's just nuts. He's yeah. so embarrassed about that whole thing, and it, it's just kind of funny because he, he acts like it's the worst thing that's ever happened to him, and I couldn't even be mad at him. I mean, we're short pony people part of what we're going through right now but i've been on that horse in the mornings myself in fact i won't even take him to the track anymore myself because he does that to me every damn morning so i i don't even try right you can't give him too much heck just the personality of some of them horses are that way they see the dirt and it's the dirt in the circle and they're ready to go it's yeah. it's part of it no for sure nate what when did you first start riding 2012 i was about a month before my 18th birthday that was mostly south dakota stuff to start i started there the rode my first race in Fort Pier, and then from there went to Aberdeen, my hometown, and I rode that meet. 
And then my dad actually used to hustle Joe Sharp's book when he was a writer. He lined it up for me to go out there to New York. He was working, he was an assistant for Mike Maker at the time. And he lined it up for me to go out there and work horses. And that was when his wife, Rosie, was still riding. So I went out there and kind of learned under their tutelage a little bit on how to sit a horse better and certain things and learn from people that knew and I continue to do it and do it every day. And then I come back and I rode Columbus and have done the Nebraska deal ever since. So, I mean, you've been down here, you guys have been a staple at Fauna for three, four years now? Well, Nate's obviously been riding here for quite some time. And for, for a long time here, I I was actually helping. I th- it was a year or two that I'd, I'd kind of just helped out John Nass, actually. And I, I really get along with John well. He's a South Dakota boy, too. He's from 90 miles south of where we we live. And uh, kind of come down and was helping him for a long time. And, and I owned a couple horses here and there that we'd run with John. And he always, like I said, treated me real well. And uh, we'd come down here. I'd only had two, three, four head, right? And then I'd help help John on the side a little bit when I could. And then we'd go back up to North Dakota or South Dakota at the time. We were still running two meets up there, Pier and Aberdeen. They're basically gone now. I lost all of our funding. Our money come from simulcast, and the simulcast all closed. Is you know everything's online now, so no point in having a simulcast. Hardly, it's it's very difficult. Uh, South Dakota doesn't limit the online wagers, and and horsemen get no part of it. So. So that kind of cost us the South Dakota stuff. And then North Dakota, Belcourt, Chippewa Downs, and then Fargo, they both have their meets. Belcourt's a good place to go race to. They have little North Dakota, a lot of North Dakota bred races, but they run mixed meets up there. And same thing at Fargo. It's quarter horse, thoroughbred mix. So, I mean, best case scenario, it's 75%. 60 to 75% probably thoroughbred. So you only get two two days of racing a week. It's not the same as down here, you know. And, and of course, purses are less. Yeah, a normal race is $24 to $2,800 purse. Big thing up there, though, is their breed program. Their breed program up there is getting very, very, very good. North Dakota breds, like we won the Derby in North Dakota last year with the horse set. We had down here all spring trying to get her ready, and she, we couldn't get her ready to run down here fast enough. First race she runs in Belcourt, she bucks. Three races later, we won the $30,000 Derby. I mean, it's just there's a lot of money up there for those breeds, and if you're if you're ready to run, you're going to be tough. And that's that's kind of the way North Dakota racing is on the breed front. On the other side, you know, we ran, I think Nate was leading rider in, Belcourt, or in Fargo last year. Belcourt was run at a time during Columbus, so... I sent up a lot of my North Dakota breads up there and kind of kept all the other horses down in Columbus. And then we all went to Fargo for that meet because we didn't have nowhere else to go. So so we supported Fargo so well in comparison, you know, both places. I mean, if you have breeds, it's a good place to go, but it's very hard if you don't. They're talking this year, purses are going to be $6,000 bottoms. They just hired a guy, uh, Heath is his name. I cannot remember what track he worked at in Ohio, but he's a young guy trying to take over, uh, Sounds like he's doing a really good job so far. That's good. No, that's kind of the recurring theme here, too. That's why I brought it up. Because I thought I'd heard their breed program was up there, but like Stetson talked, I mean, Oklahoma, now that they've got them racinos, that, that breed program is just outrageous. And that's that's why I bring it up because we want to keep pushing for that here at Fawner. Once these racinos open up, that Nebraska bred program, we can make that thing pretty elite, really. Well, Very lucrative. I have several clients right now that that do are getting into the breeding thing or they want to because you know it used to be you could go to the Keeneland sale in September and you could you could go around after the sales over and buy a bunch of horses that no sailed in the ring 
and there'd be a thousand dollar horses all over the place. That's not the case anymore. I mean, it, you just to get your hands on one at that sale, it's it's three thousand bucks. I think three thousand was the cheapest one last September. So people are looking into the breeding thing, which is great. Just to do it right and not end up with a bunch of horses that aren't going to work out, and we're going to end up kind of in the same boat we're in. You know. No, 100%. And that, that's funny you bring that up because I was actually last night, I got done editing some pictures and I was talking to Grady and forgot the OBS sale started today. And shoot, I stayed up way too late just watching workouts and looking at pedigrees and stuff. But same thing. I mean, that sale, it, like you said, there'd be sales, no sales. You could go in the back, get them bought. Yeah, now you at three thousand, you ain't even getting your hand raised. Yeah, it's 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 tough to get into the into the babies because there's certain people that's all they want is babies, and there's guys that all they want is claimers. And I, I think you got to have a little mix of both. The the claiming level horses are great horses to have. They're they're much less maintenance, or maybe more maintenance, but much less you know teaching training so to say but uh when you buy them babies you're buying a powerball ticket is what you're buying you know when you buy an older one you kind of know what you're getting so yeah the, the risk to reward is much different but it's a lot more risk in them babies too that's just how it is no exactly like you said maybe a little more maintenance or similar maintenance but you don't have i mean them claim horses they know their job they yeah. know the routine you get them two-year-olds in that are fired up they still got their parts i mean they can turn on a switch, look out fast. It makes life pretty difficult, that's for sure. And then you got to find guys to get on them. You know, Nate, Nate can take take horses too, but he's a busy guy. I mean, he, he sacrifices a lot to be over there at our barn too, um, help, helping me out because he's my brother, don't get me wrong, but he's got his own business to run too. And, and that's the thing. Sometimes it gets hard to balance, you know, for him, and same thing for me, but more so him. I mean, it he'll sit on a, you know, I can ride this horse for so-and-so, but I better ride this one because I'm going to get to ride this one later in the summer. And sometimes it's not fair to him. So my, my owners sometimes have to appreciate that a little bit too. And it, it just gets difficult sometimes. No, for sure. You get into that deal and it's awesome that you two still get along that gear that Nate isn't just like, I'm don't, getting out of here. Don't kid yourself. We have nights where we, we actually stay together, but we have nights where we have to drive to two separate ends of Grand Island just to be able to stand each other when we get back. I was actually going to bring that up. Is there anything we needed to hash out here publicly, boys? Or <laughs> No, not, not, not publicly. <laughs> not publicly think. yet. But he, he's, in all honesty, and it's I know we're all sitting here right now, but it's been kind of fun to watch him grow up from this little kid that all he cared about was his next win picture to seeing kind of the bigger picture you know last year at Fargo he, he rode all of my horses a couple of years ago he had went down in a spill broke his hip and Scott Bethke was riding all my horses for me in um, Fargo and uh, Scott would come back to Grand Island during the week and then come to Fargo on the weekend and Nate was actually riding in Arapahoe it was a year after the spill is when it was and he came up there and said hey I'm just not doing very good I'm, I need to come up there and at the time it was kind of one of them deals where he was riding for other people down here. I said, no, bro, I can't take Scott off these horses. He's been riding them all. I can't do that. And he took it like a, a champion. I mean, he was great about it. Put him on a couple here and there. And, and we went, we still went a couple together. But then, you know, last year was the first year that Nate was kind of back in North Dakota like he was full time. I don't know how many we ended up winning last year, but it, it, it was crazy. I've never experienced anything like it. We had a heck of a time. And when we went out to Arapahoe, you know, we had blown a lot of conditions in North Dakota. And then we go to Denver and try to keep winning. Well, and it's not a knock on the horses. They had done great, but they had blown all these conditions. And we try to go to Arapahoe and compete. And I, I got to give him credit. He says, well, I can ride this one for so-and-so, but blood's thicker than water. You know, and it, it's stuff like that when he does things like that. And then when, when things go rough, that's the type of stuff I want my clients. And even I remind myself sometimes, you know, if, if Nate had a bad weekend or I feel like he should have rode one better. It's like, hey, nobody's going to try harder for me than that young man right there. So 
that's the thing I always try to remember. You know, even even when things are hot, it's nobody else cares the way he does. And that's awesome. That's like you said, you got options on other horses, but you're gonna take care of your brother. It's awesome for the clients to see that loyalty there. It just shows a lot for both of your character. I mean, just uh you got each other's back on everything and that's what it's all about, really. Yep, you bet. Obviously, you ride all your brothers. Is there any other barns you work with when you don't have one of your brothers, kind of your main guy, or you just kind of wherever wherever you're needed? I ride for a lot of people, and, like, I do ride a lot of my brothers, too, but like we were talking, we work good together. If I have another one that I can ride or I do things better, he's good about, you know, when I say, hey, I'm going to ride this one or whatever, and then he says, okay, cool, but his biggest deal is just give him time to find somebody else and we usually work good on that, but some of the other barns I ride for, I mean, I like to try to ride for a lot of people, you know, but my other big barn right now, I guess, would be Jesse Compton, Judge on the Run. That's my big horse over there that I was lucky enough to get on with Jason retiring. I'd done some good with Chad McKay's horses the previous last year and kind of mentioned to Jesse, I just said, hey, you know, if Jason's not riding, I'd like to shot to rider and him and chad talked about it and they put me on her and it actually got me on some more at jesse's barn too so he's good horseman he's his horses are always live other than that i I mean there's a lot of people i ride for mike bollinger that's a lot of my business you know you don't know until it happens but it comes from the back red barn too so i mean pretty much anybody i can ride for i'll all right. Yeah, that, that judge on the run, she, she's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she kind of knows what she's doing, don't yeah, she? Yeah, she's all right. That's a, No, that's awesome. That's a good pickup. And when you do have one of your brothers and you go to another, I mean, is there a little 5% fee or something on those? Or, uh, or how do we do that? <laughs> no. Speaking of barns, though, obviously we have some herpes back here, potential strangles. Have they figured anything out with that? I, I haven't heard on the on the strangles thing I yet. Think, I think they'll know more tomorrow is when they'll get the culture back as far as I heard. Staying healthy in your barn, everything good there? We, we've been great. Um, we temp check it every horse twice a day. Dr. Dishel, who's doing a phenomenal job trying to keep up with all this. You know, he, he brought everybody charts right down your AM and PM temps. You know, he, he's doing a great job with that. And it, it's extremely important. And keep on top of it. I mean, we, we all have not just the purchase price of these horses and, and the money but we have an obligation to make sure that they're all right. I mean, we, we all got to do our part. Nate, Nate's been great about it. He Like he said, he's got a bunch of business back in that red barn. Of course, first thing I think of is, oh boy, you know, he comes over, gets on our horses too. And, you know, he was very clear as soon as that, as that barn is allowed to go train, he's going to help them people out. But, he, you know, he'll, he'll do everything in the right way to make sure everything's cleaned up because you know his girlfriend has a couple horses at our barn too and he wants to make dang sure that our barn stays good we got to do our part and it's it's not all financials it's just these are animals here so we got to do our part i hate to bring up the last two years of pandemic but that's i guess shown us a lot of protocols for staying sanitary i mean we can well, debate the covid deal later but yeah well, <laughs> it's, it's a very similar deal actually you know you, we vaccinate all these horses for ehv before they come in here and yet here we are still getting it. So it's very, very similar. Right. That, that, that's why I brought it up. Leave the politics out of it. It's it's a transmissible disease that's highly contagious. It affects some like those two that went down. And there could be 30 more positive case horses that don't ever show a sign. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that thing affects them all a little different too, correct? Because like yeah. Grady was talking the second one. I don't remember which one that was. But shoot, the night before, she cleaned up all of her feet. Everything was normal. And the next morning, she couldn't get up. It can happen so fast. Like I was telling 
talking to Dr. Dishel about it. He asked me right away, How, how's your barn doing? I said, everybody's good. I'll let you know again in four hours. You know, I mean, it, it can change so quick. Right. And that, that's what I, why I was getting at that. Cause it's not like it's something where, oh, that horse has had a snotty nose for two days and oh, we should check him. No, it, I mean, this, when it hits them, full it, on it. Hits them fast. Well, once and it, and it can. The bad thing is, it can sit there and I'm dormant, and a, a stress related thing can just cause it to just snap at the fingers. Life changes. You yep. Know? Yep. No, for sure. No, I'm glad your barn's good. Glad Nate's staying diligent. I, speaking of that, someone had asked me too. So, where they're quarantined in that barn, are they allowed to even go out to the walker, or are they just strictly got to walk up and down Shedrow? <laughs> they. I think they're letting them go out to the walker, but anybody who's seen it over there, them walkers are pretty close and tight to the barn they're being diligent about that too i mean the horses don't leave that direct vicinity so. right right no and that's I, I also know a lot of our like our pony girls and stuff are back there and they're they're nothing scarier on the racetrack as far as uh attitudes can go than an angry pony woman so you try to keep them happy and them girls back there i know dang well are going to make sure everybody's doing their part because them girls want to go back to work they don't like not being able to work. So they're there. I know right now this week, I think they're kind of in a having to go to and from the Walker state. And I think next week there was a plan in place to get them to the training track and stuff during the afternoon. So some of them horses can get doing some things. I, I don't know where they stand on that. As far as, like I said, other horsemen in other barns, it, it kind of gets to be all hearsay at this point. Cause unless you're back there, you really don't know what's going on. And even if you are back there, I think sometimes you don't really know cause everything's kind of hush hush, keep it close to the vest and, and take it to, to Chris or Radishal and people like that. So every, everybody's doing the right thing. It's sometimes all the backside rumor thing gets a little out of control. Right. No, that. exactly. It's all hearsay as of now. I, you hope that they are able to place a deal where them horses can get out to the training track and stay fit because there's a lot of people sitting back there that should have, I mean, 20 horses around a weekend that aren't right now. Not, exactly. Not getting exactly. bills paid. So you want them guys to be able to stay fit. Yes, they got to stay due diligent. We don't need a whole, I mean, the whole campus here to get hit with it. But you also hope for those guys, they're able to keep them horses fit. Absolutely. You never want to see anybody lose their chance to make a living. I mean, that that's what's happened here for, for everybody back there. And, and I know everybody at some point, I, I never had to experience it firsthand and be locked into a barn in a, in a town outside. Years in 2016, when they had the outbreak here, I actually bought some horses out of here. And Fort Pierre in South Dakota wasn't going to let me run there. So we had to go through. I've never been in the, like I said, never been in the direct situation, but something fairly similar, not not exact, but it, it was similar it's pretty miserable for them guys back there because there's some of them back there you know there are that everything's fine their their horses are good nothing showed up probably a very tough pill to swallow like we said a lot of that's hearsay but at the end of the day our thoughts are with all them guys back there hopefully our stupid little silly podcast we have a lot of fun with here gives them a little bit of entertainment Mm -hmm. until we bring them back up i guess what's going on back there but no really we're excited to see them guys back hopefully here sooner than later Well, thank you guys a bunch for doing this. Kind of last minute, I had some stuff pop up this week, so I was glad when Grady texted you guys that uh, you jumped right on it. We we greatly appreciate it, trying to keep this thing going, and hopefully everybody's enjoying it. But, no, thank you guys so, so much for your time. Thanks for having us on, and and congrats with your horse. I know you were kind of new to the game. Yeah, thank you. That day kind of surprised me when that horse went. I actually told Nate, I said, I can't believe this one went. It's kind of a mile horse coming from Hawthorne. And he said, I've been working that horse. I I knew it would run good, you know. So First day. I come out to see her. Nate was in the barn. Yeah, he, uh, he's like, she's all right. Yeah, he he <laughs> told me afterwards because I because I actually I do a deal where I do twenty dollars across a horse on every race. I do it every race every day. After that race was over, I said I couldn't have picked this one out going a half mile. And he said I could have told you, you should have asked. You know, but <laughs> he he don't ever tell me stuff like that till after the race is over. He will never ever tell me things like that. He's a secretive little 
Tell, sometimes I don't, I don't tell anybody anything that way when I'm wrong I'm not the one to blame <laughs> you got to protect yourself that's exactly right that's exactly right but no thank you gentlemen greatly appreciate it hope nothing but great success the rest of the meet and everywhere else you travel on to it's been great having you all right all thanks right, for, having, for us. having us you bet welcome back we're going to attack the Saturday card as usual. One quick note I did see on one of our Apple Podcast reviews, which I appreciate you guys getting on the review and leaving comments. That's awesome. That's what it's there for. Someone had mentioned hoping we could get this to a uh, deal recover every race card, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Love the idea. We wish we could as well. Right now, it's not feasible. A, I'm still somewhat busy with my job, so I'm lucky to get to sit down one night. Also, the Saturday card we go over, so we record every Thursday night. Entries don't come out till noon, so we don't get past performances till about 1. So we got a pretty short window to go over this stuff. And as far as the Sunday card goes, well, our podcast's already released before those are even out. So right now, that's not something we're doing. I guess we could maybe give our plays on Twitter if you follow our Twitter. But that's the situation there. I want to address that. I greatly appreciate your reviews and that comment. We like your thinking. Hopefully someday we could get there. If anybody wants to get on and sponsor us, then I would, could work less. That'd be sweet. Then we'd cover every race card. But, you know, no. <laughs> appreciate everybody. Let's jump on in. First race on Saturday. We're going four furlongs. Philly Claimers for 5000 Keith attacked this early one for us. I could very easily single here, but I'm not going to. There's a couple different options on this pick five for me but i'm gonna go four deep here my first choice is going to be the one horse red red wine dropping in class from allowance race which she just lost by a half length placed third last time out busy roman's been hot she's got good speed so i'm gonna go up the one there kind of like this too a little bit but it looks like he's entered into friday's card as well so i don't think that that horse is gonna go but if he does i like him for maybe a little higher odds here race shows plenty of speed i like this horse to come maybe from behind a little bit looked like hibden and izzy's been having like a claiming war with this horse izzy claimed him and then hibden claimed him back i like elisiac on here so if the two runs i'm gonna put the two in there then i got the four lucky every day this is izzy's other horse in here got plenty of front speed we're still looking for ken Hill's first win at Bonner. so this I think he's got a shot here on this four. And then the three horse, Goody Two Sue. Ran races in Arizona and Oklahoma over the winter. He's got speed ability. I mean, Marissa Black's having a little tough go so far, but I think she's a little bit better than her number show. So I think this three's got a shot. So first race, we're going one, two, three, and four. No, I agree. That that does shock me too, Marissa's line there. She's, she's a much better trainer than that. We all know that. Just a little rough go. Andrew, you got any arguments anybody else here no not any arguments really one thing i'd point out is the six kilberry lady if you look at those two races that she ran at arapaho showed amazing speed out of the gate you showed 21 and 4 44 and 2 out the first race at fodder i i didn't have a time to go go look back at that replay but looks like maybe just very slow out of the gate so maybe look for kilberry lady to show some more speed and be a factor in the pace presence here in this race and that could turn the race upside down really so just a little note i thought i'd throw in there i had that same exact note like you said the last two to wrap just blazing beautiful speed numbers first race at fodder didn't show a lot I also haven't got back. I didn't get home till late tonight. I see in the notes, five wide, no factor in the turn. That might have just been a get out there and stretch your legs with a little competition deal. And that 15 to 1 morning line, I agree. Look out for that one. Race number two, our first mile race of the season here at Fawner. 2,500 claimers. Keith, where'd you land here? I'm going to go too deep in this one. I like the five, Extreme Lyra. This is a race that 
lacks speed. There is not a lot of it in here. This horse seems to be the only one that has it. It's going to be his third race off the layoff. Should be on the front end. The horse is 20% winner at this distance, so I think it's possible she goes gate to wire. And then the other horse I like is the six. The trash man's coming. Shipping up from Louisiana. Had three career races at Fawner. Did not go well, but buyers were strong down there. She's used to the mile distance. Could track down Lyra down the stretch. So I'm going to go with the five and the six. Not much difference on my end, Andrew. Anybody else pop out to you or move on with the five and the six? No, I mean, it's a tough little race. A lot of these horses have ran really good at the distance. I, like I said, I, I didn't do much handicapping these first few races. No, I'm good with those two horses in this race. Race three, middle leg of the early five, all the first mile race with another mile race. This one's 5,000 claimers. Keith, where are you here? Race is a little tougher. I'm going four deep. My top choice is going to be three, Laddie Boy. Uh, it comes into this race best buyers of the bunch, I think. Um, another race where there isn't a lot of speed. I think Izzy could have another horse here who could go to the front and not look back. I like the one horse, Silvermaker. He had a solid first race of the year. Had a second place finish. He had a distance helps in the running style. I think he might need a little help. Maybe another horse presses Laddie Boy. Otherwise, I think he could come late. Like the four holiday joke, we had a solid first one of the year, posted a 50 buyer. Barrow's been hot so far, he's four out of 10 on the year, 40% winner. Dakota should have this one coming late as well. And then I like the six, Moro Trump. He's shown speed so far in the year. He hasn't had much at the mile distance though, so he doesn't show a lot there. I don't know if he has the stamina to go a mile, but I'm not going to rule out a martinez hibben combo here. So I'm going to go one, three, four, six. I went a little shorter. I just went three, six, but I like your arguments for the other two you used that I did not. Andrew, any other mentions here? Maybe the seven horse Fort Knox uh, for Izzy, his other horse in here. You'd have to basically ignore four races in a row, but you go back there a ways to them allowance races at Delta. He gets back to those numbers somehow. Could definitely win this thing. He's out of Golden Sense. I believe we talked about him or that last week, actually, he ran, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I had him in my picks last week in my yeah, show. I, and he just didn't run well. He's dropping down to claiming, I don't. I mean, like I said, you'd have to ignore quite a few races to get to him, but he does have the ability, so just thought I would mention that one, but otherwise, yeah, no. Other horses sound good. Perfect. Moving on to the fourth leg, race number four. We are going six furlong, maiden claimer for 10,000. How'd you uh, get these ones that are looking for their first win, Keith? This is my single. I don't like single and maiden races very often, but I think the two is going to be the best of the bunch. I mean, he had a good race at this level two races back. Just missed there. Um, his last race, he was in special weights. He's coming back down to the main claiming level. I think he's the best of the bunch. I think his close efforts is going to equal a maiden breaker here. So I'm going to single the two dry spell. Single the two. I also was going to single there. Then I kind of same thing. Main claimers always get me a little nervous. So I did look at the three. Gabby Tom shown some good. Just, I don't know. If this one don't have the heart to do it yet or what, but I also agree. I think the two sticks out on paper pretty, pretty fair, pretty easily. I like your singling there. Andrew, anyone else? Can the one horse make some noise in this race? Royal Outlaw, David Anderson, just three absolute clunkers. Belterra, Indiana, Turfway came up to Fawner, ran a decent race and made a special race going four furlongs. 
got short in the lane going four, so going six, maybe not. But I don't know. I'm just trying to find another horse in here. I, I love the two horses as well, but I'm trying to point at another horse, but I don't think so. I think you're good with the two. No, I, I see that on the one, two. I, I was trying to make an argument in the fourth by 23, six by 40, nine by 24 in the first tier, four by 11, three wide, no response. Like you said, only going four. Hard argument there. I like what you're doing looking. And I think you talked yourself out of it, kind of like we all did. <laughs> <laughs> Last leg, fifth race, we are going six and a half. So we'll be in that shoot for the first time this year there as well. 5,000 claimers. Keith, how are you getting paid? Trouble race for me, man. I didn't like it a lot, but I'm going to go five deep here. Like a long shot. My first pick, probably going to be proven dumb, but I do like this eight horse a little bit. See the pyramids. It's going to be my long shot pick. Second race off the layoff. He might have needed that last race just for the exercise. He's going to be dropping from allowance racers, races to claimers. Um, I liked his buyer in that race compared to the rest of the horses in this field. He had a trouble trip six wide around the stretch. The only thing that's a little interesting is Armando's not on board. Even with that issue, I like to say a little bit. And then I'm going to go with the seven, Thornish. There isn't, again, it's another race that where there isn't a lot of speed. A couple solid showings here at Fodder with the win first out in February. I think Thornish has a chance to be there again. I like the four, flat out love. Has a lot of familiarity with the distance. He had a strong closing kick in his last out. Second race here should be an improvement. I'm expecting to come late again. And then the three, he had a secret. Roman just missed his last time out. He's maybe just a little bit wide. Otherwise, I think he would have won that race. I would not be shocked to see him win in this one. And then I threw in the six because I kind of liked him a little bit. So three, four, six, seven, eight to close it out. That's how Keith's getting paid, Andrew. Anybody else? Narrow it up. Or you just I, go. I think see the pyramids. I think he's honest. I mean, I think this is the best horse in the race. I I would love to know why Armando isn't riding. Kelly's only got one in here. Armando's not on nothing else. That's it's very strange to me. But first time here was against allowance. The extra half furlong will just help the horse. I think see the pyramids is a standout in here. I don't, I guess, understand the odds, and I'm in confused by Armando's not on, but that's what I see as well, Keith. So, yep, no, Bob, in agreement. I only used two here. I used the three and the eight. I also went through Armando not being on that one. I relooked through the race. I swear three times trying to figure out what he was on. He's just not on anything in this race. Maybe he's just. Tired of whooping up on everybody and want to get that jock tied a little closer or something. But no, I, I, yeah, I agree. I don't agree with that morning line. It's coming from way tougher company. So, You're not getting 10 to 1 no, when they leave the gate on this horse. Not a chance. I mean, second off the layoff, I think that one's just ready to. Yeah, probably ready to 2 run. to 1. All right. I, I, oh, the Izzy horse will probably go off favorite, but yeah, see the pyramid won't be far behind, in my opinion. It sure shouldn't be. And if it is, uh, we'll probably, uh, unload and you'll see that on the uh, no we don't bet that much but Keith run back through that early pick five ticket would you first leg one two three four second leg five and the six third leg will be the one three four and six fourth race will be the two and in the fifth I have the three four six seven and eight for an eighty dollar ticket now if that two horse doesn't run in the first race I would replace that two with the five just so you know Perfect. There is Keith's fantastic early pick five for Saturday. Race six, six furlong, $5,000 claimer. We're just going to hit over this one quick, mention a couple horses. I am a big fan of Catalog, Little Toe, and Parlay Pete is where I'm landing here. Three, seven, eight. Andrew? Yeah, I like Catalog. Is jumping up in class at a distance. Uh, one first time out at Foner going four for 3,500 claimers, non-winners of three in the year. 
drop into five opens. But I think Catalog will sit just off the pace of uh, Parlay Pete. Parlay Pete's also jumping up in class. He won easily his first out here. Or I guess it was a second out at Foner going six. I just think Catalog is a little bit better and can run Parlay Pete down. So yeah, I'll be probably making a win bet on Catalog there in the six. Casey, got anybody to mention in here? Are you good with them? I like Little Toe quite a bit. Maybe a horse to look at if you're looking for longer odds. Maybe the one horse, Hanson's Mischief. I remember that race he ran in his first time. It did not go well for him, but he's going to be dropping here. Maybe he gets a little better trip. Might be able to get up there for a piece. That's our quick little look. Like I said, our if any new listeners, the reason we don't give out our full pick five ticket is it's a jackpot. We all want to hit it. So let's jump into this late four. Andrew's going to be heading this one as usual. Race seven, six furlong, optional claimer for 7,500. Andrew, how are you kicking this one off? Yeah, so we'll start off here in the seventh. My top pick will be the one, Broadway Ice. Izzy Dakota gets on. Ran late summer in Louisiana at Evangeline. Threw a couple stinkers there. But his first try at Fodder, I'm going six. Ran a damn good race. Just got beat by one son of a chief who was also in this race. But he did almost get there that day. I think probably needed that one, that out as well. So look for Broadway Ice to improve. I will also use one son of a chief, though. Uh, one son of the chief is the seven horse, like I said. Won that last last time against Broadway Ice. And he actually has won twice already this year at Fodder. Um, he won on February 20th and March 5th. Both going six furlongs. Could easily make it three in a row. And I will also throw in my boy Preacher, the three horse Preacher, I can't get off of him last race he it was also in that race with one son of a cheese from broadway ice they ran one two three but adrian sent him to the front i don't i mean i thought my he might sit off the pace a little bit adrian sent him to the lead now you get kevin roman for hibden and i look for him to go to the front again because there's just not a lot of speed in here so this time i think he might be able to to wire the group we'll we'll see what happens but we'll go one three seven here to start off the pick four one three seven for andrew i was gonna i was waiting for you to say preacher because if you weren't i was gonna yell at you that's your boy so glad you throw him in keith you got any additions here uh, i like the 137 just maybe one of course maybe that nine horse scooters boy he has ran in some big races at fauner he has fauner success i would not be all shocked to see a big one out of the nine and the nine i also took a little look at the six sat off the pace last time it will be interesting if that one doesn't get sent with preacher in here as well just because of the lack of speed that one showed some last time big number another one to mention there but andrew will be playing the one three and seven race eight six furlong optional claimers for 15 15,000. Where'd you go in here? Yeah, so this race, I am going to go 4D. I'll start with my top pick being the seven-horse Speedy Feller for Izzy uh, and Kevin Roman. Was running winter down at Delta. He tried a mile race last out, and that looked to be just a little bit too far for him. But if you look six and a half, seven, looked to be the wheelhouse for him. He is dropping down to six furlongs here, of course. But I think he's just been running against tougher. Going to be a little bit, just a little bit faster than these, I believe. But if he would falter again like he did in that last, out we'll use a few more the four guinness will be my second choice we mentioned it earlier marissa's been struggling a little bit this horse coming from tampa probably also running against a little bit better down there in florida so throw him in there the one horse holding fast martinez combo i just struggled to leave out really any martinez combo but was running in kentucky took a little bit like three was it four months off there probably needed that last race can definitely improve off of that last one and then we will also use the five horse our best friend dl just a mainstay at fodder they 
Taven Anderson, Jake Elysiak. Hasn't won since March of last year, but he's been getting close, and well, maybe he can get it done here today. So it'll be one, four, five, and seven in the second leg. Heath, anybody else to mention? I'm in agreement with Andrew, but if you got anything. Uh, no, I'm good with all four of those. Perfect. Easy enough. Let's get to this third leg here. Race number nine. We have the Billionaire steak bread orphan kiss for twenty thousand. We're going six furlongs. Is this as simple as Judge on the Run, Andrew, or we got somebody else in here? Yeah, I will be singling Judge on the Run the two. She's just simply on fire against Nebraska breads, and I'd stay on her until until they beat her. So I don't see anyone in here. I mean, maybe PR odd setter, but I'm not going to waste that extra money by using a second horse. So we'll be single and judge on the run coming from behind. And I think can run down PR odd setter and winner. What would it be fifth in a row? I 100% agree. And until anybody else proves that they can even keep step with that one. I just got to keep riding that train for me. Keith, anybody else? If we were going four for longs, I'd say maybe the four. But since we're going six this time around, I don't see anybody beating the two. Dodge on the run just looks too good for the rest of these. I agree. Easy enough. Let's get to this fourth and final leg. Six and a half furlong, 5,000 claimers. Andrew, how are we cashing that ticket, man? So we're going to be alive coming to this last race, and we're going to take the easy way out, and we're going to hit the all button. This race, I maybe one of you two can point something out to me that I don't see, but it's just impossible to me. I um, When I wrote them down, I wrote everyone down except for the seven Papa Joe, and I'm not going to just hit the all but one, so let's just hit the all button here. Uh, so anyone you guys see that stands out to you, because I just don't see anything. I stared at this race, read back through it, scrolled back through it. I, I think I'd find an argument. To narrow it down and then i'd relook and it just disappears so i yeah it might be the easy way out but i think it's also the safest and smartest way out and you might get paid for it too i think this thing's wide open keith you got anybody you found i like the all but in races like this where it's just i kind of just look for that horse that's dropping and i like the six tap attack i mean it's gonna be dropping in class izzy and roman he looks better than the rest of these horses, so I would I would just say the six, I guess. I sure hope the six don't win because the six is going to be the favorite. But yeah, six ain't going to pay Jack. But no, I, I see your argument for that one, Keith. Um, Andrew, run that late pick four play right by for us one more time. Yeah, so it'll be one three seven with one four five seven. A single in the two in the ninth and hitting the all button in the last for a $60 ticket. So that's our plays this week. One more thing I want to address. It was mentioned in last week's because we knew what was going on. I'm not the one to break news. That's not confirmed. I'm just going to get that out there right now. I knew there was herpes back there. More than likely, we all knew it. We'd all talked about it. But when that blood test had come back unconfirmed, I'm just not the guy to say, hey, we got herpes. I'm not the one to break the news. I just want to get that out there. So that's just my little quick deal on that until stuff's verified. I'm just not that guy to do that. We have another jock leaving the community. Mr. Jornay is no longer on campus. Family issues, we were told, is the hearsay. Speaking of that, though, with the shrinking jockey colony here, we do have a new jockey show up from Mahoning Valley, Joe Massaro. I know he did. I looked him up earlier. He had some good years. He's had a few years that have been pretty slow. I don't know if he was battling some injuries or some weight, but it is nice to see that somebody showed up. I don't know if somebody got him a phone call or just he saw that, hey, the jockey community is getting a little thin, so get some opportunities for that guy. Anything else you guys can think of from last week to touch on or any other? What about what about our boy Grady getting a win with uh, 
12-year-old Hobbs Hope. You, just, you don't see that very often. Fodder's one of the few places you'll even probably see a 12-year-old run, so that was pretty cool. I know it was by DQ, but he would have got by, or she would have got by if that didn't happen. So Yeah, no, I, I'm hellaciously proud of my trainer. Good buddy, first off, but my trainer, Grady, I mean, he's 75% in the money in the first month. 12 starts, 75% of the time in the, in the money. Pretty awesome for that guy. Uh, also a disclaimer from earlier when Andrew said he didn't dive too much in the early four. We have one of the biggest fans of March Madness I know on this podcast. He uh, somehow catches the flu on the first two rounds every year. It's amazing. I don't know how he pulls it off, but uh, so that's our little disclaimer there. I got to give him a little little bit of crap, but good basketball today so far. If you're listening to us still and you don't listen to basketball, sorry, we're we're all big March Madness guys. Yeah, a couple really good games so far today. Uh, Kentucky losing to St. Peter's in overtime. That Creighton-San Diego State game was great. New Mexico State. Yeah. New Mexico State, who I did. I, I have New Mexico State in my Sweet 16, so Ooh. hope they can get another one done. But Arkansas-Vermont coming down to the wire here. It's like Arkansas is pulling away a little bit, but hopefully we get a couple good finishes here to end the night. Let's just say I'm glad the madness is back and that it has been madness so far. No, I... I had New Mexico State, but I only had them winning the first round. Who do you uh, who do you got winning this deal? Tennessee. Tennessee. Ooh. Elder Diesel. Who you got in there? Uh, I think I think I picked Arizona. You think you picked Arizona? So, yeah, I, I don't know for sure. I think it was Arizona. I threw him off by calling him Elder Diesel. I like calling him Diesel and gets him all worked up. <laughs> aren't, you, aren't you leading? You don't yeah. know who you have and you're leading the freaking brackets right now. What? You were leading. Yeah, I don't... You and whoever Bill Walton rules are tied for the top. You are in the 98th percentile of America. Jeez, he doesn't even know who he picked. Doesn't even know who he picked. I tell you what, folks. Some people just... Picked Arizona. The sun will shine on a dog's ass every once in a while, and that's currently Keith. I think I picked Arizona. Yeah, you did. I just looked. All right, thanks. <laughs> thanks again, everybody, for joining us. Again, get on the old tweeter... Follow us, like us, send us DMs, recommendations, thoughts, all that good stuff. We are at Form Whippin' TH. Our personal handles are in the bio on there. I know Keith's been putting out his fantastic picks for free as of now on the Saturday cards. Get on there, check them out. He's had some uh, nice tickets off that bad boy, so get on there, get those. Anything else, fellas? Nope. That's it for me. That's it for us, everybody. Until next time, let's cash them tickets. Uh-oh. We ballin', ballin' on you dummies. Scared money don't make no money. Scared money don't make no money. Scared money don't make no money. We ballin', ballin' on you dummies. I'm so lit, sports center, gotta post my clips. One layup and they treat me like I'm Luka Doncic. 